0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Did you know Toyota of Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver.
1: Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Get ready. Get ready.
2: Good
3: morning everyone and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert, and I'm down at Carter Jewelers today, downtown Jackson, Rhino safe and sound back in the Super Talk Mississippi headquarters production booth. We'll be guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this. Friday Eve. Ah. We got Friday Eve, then Friday, y'all, and then a Saturday, and then Christmas Eve right around the corner. We're just plowing ahead, aren't we, Rhino?
1: Oh, yeah, and (laughs) if you haven't got your Christmas shopping done by now, you are running out of time.
3: (laughs) That is so correct. We're down here at Carter Drillers, folks, already are uh, moving through the doors here just to my left where the super top set is set up. And they're working with the uh, the sales reps, making their selections. I expect that many are purchasing gifts for a special other person. But we're here. We got uh, Captain Chris Turnipseed from the Department of Public Safety, the Mississippi Highway Patrol, going to join us at 1205. Give us an update on the holiday travel, the outlook for it. We got, of course, the owner of Jerry, Le- uh, the owner of Carter Jewelers, pardon me, Jerry Lake. He'll be on with us in the final segment of each of the three hours here on Middays. So I was curious, uh, Rhino, as to whether or not you saw this story about NASA. I was thinking about you when I saw it, knowing that you're a cat person. They have streamed a cat video from deep, deep space using laser communications. A cat video from almost 20 million miles away. That's 40 round-trip flights to the moon. And uh, what they're trying to do here is test their new optical communications. And uh, what they did is produce... A high-definition video that was sent via laser, that's hard to believe, man, from deep space. This was at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory on December the 11th. I don't know if you've seen it, but it looks pretty dang good considering it's 20 million miles away. Heck, there are a lot of folks that would say, well, that's better than what I get from (laughs) my provider down the street here. Uh, Have you seen this thing? It's fascinating.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's it's something that they've had to figure out and they've had to work on if they have any hope of of actually having manned flights to, say, Mars and beyond. Because the way they currently communicate, it would take days almost for communications to get from Earth to Mars. And if you have something go wrong, that's a long time to be waiting for instructions on how to help. So So with a laser sending back communications and proving in this experiment that you can send high-definition video, which is one of the more data-intensive things to send, that means they can communicate at near light speed instead
3: of the speed of radio waves. At 20 million miles away. Incredible. Uh, 267 megabits per second uh, is what transmission they were able to, the rate of transmission they were able to achieve. And, and honestly, that's comparable to communication rates here on the Earth, the terrestrial communication rates, typically be, between 100 and 300 megabits per second. So this is incredible. The uh, the person the that was in charge of this project, the NASA official, said that... Uh, be cautious here I just urged caution that uh, over the results of the demonstration said this is the first step there's still significant requirements for ground infrastructure i'm reading his quote and things like that to take something that's kind of proof of concept which is what this was a poc a proof of concept to transform it into something that would be operational and reliable and you're right this is all uh, a required step if you will to pushing out even further into the frontier of space with respect to uh, exploration. So this is pretty cool, though. But the video, if you had not seen it, folks, is is fascinating. And it does feature a cat moving about uh, on the screen with some other uh, objects and graphics in the background included in the field of view as well. All done via laser 20 million miles away. Totally fascinating. We got some jobless numbers out this morning. The jobless claims tick up, but still remain near historic lows. First time filings up to 205,000 last week. Of course, that's reported a week later. There was an estimate of 215,000. And it's really just underscores, if you will, that the job market is resilient. And that is viewed as fueling growth in the economy. The markets reacted positively. I think we had a negative move on the market yesterday, mainly because of some option expiration and and uh, some selling going on there. Uh, it was one of those kind of weird days and may, maybe a little bit of reaction from the prior couple of days, when the move was to the upside, and little profit taking always has to be figured into that. But the, well into the green today, off the highs, uh, I think we at one point we were over three forty, up three forty on the Dow for the day. It looks like at present up two hundred five. The Nasdaq also up about a percent at one hundred and eleven point. So, uh, good news certainly uh, for the markets. The um, California lieutenant governor has joined with some other states now in the wake of Colorado, the Supreme Court there, on a 4-3 very narrow vote, ruling that Donald Trump could not appear on the primary ballot. The California lieutenant governor now is calling for the state to, quote, explore every legal option to remove Trump from the 24 ballot. And there are a number of other states that, too, are exploring uh, that option, including the state of Texas, New Mexico, Wyoming, Nevada, Oregon, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Virginia, South Carolina, New York, Vermont, New Jersey, all have lawsuits underway that um, would actually... A um, uh, bar Donald Trump from appearing on the ballot. Now, this is ridiculous in my view. It's obviously ridiculous that four Democrat-appointed Supreme Court justices in the state of Colorado have essentially denied the right to vote uh, to millions in the state that uh, voted for Donald Trump in the last couple of cycles and would certainly likely support him again, but more importantly, by doing so, it could change the outcome of the election. Now, Colorado, not typically a swing state, but if this thing spills over and you start seeing the same action in these other states, well, yeah, that that would obviously not only change the outcome of the election, but it would deny arguably 80 million people in the country their right to support and vote for and elect the candidate of their choice. This is not what the founders had in mind with this insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment. This was not designed to prevent someone uh, who behaved the way Donald Trump did from appearing on the ballot. Who, by the way, on that January 6th called for, and I'm quoting here, peaceful patriotic protests. That could hardly be construed as insurrection. Uh, the Confederates uh, during the Civil War era, in the wake of that, who clearly, clearly were looking to secede from the nation and, and engage in insurrection, that's what this was designed for, preventing them from holding office because essentially they didn't uphold the Constitution, an oath they took at some point. Yeah, that clearly makes sense. But this, no, this does not rise to that level, even come close to it, and it should scare us all. These people are obsessed with stopping former President Trump from being elected. What do they fear, exactly? That he might get elected? Well, you people don't don't know what's best for you. We have to tell you, therefore, we're just going to block this individual from appearing On the ballot. This is shredding the Constitution. Is there no limit to the depths, to the extremes that they will go to keep this guy from winning the presidency? Regardless of how you feel about him as a person or a candidate, this flies in the face of our constitutional republic. Remember what Ben Franklin said when he emerged from that meeting. We're coming right back. The Element Well Studio set up today down at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. My favorite Christmas song there, Christmas in Dixie by Alabama. Thanks for that, Rhino. Stay with
0: us.
2: To everyone tonight.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Let's go.
2: Do the sunset strip. Somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight while the moon is bright. He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys to give the corners of the girls and boys all day.
3: It's middays, and we're down at Carter Drillers today in downtown Jackson. We thank you so much for joining us. So, we were talking about this video that NASA successfully transmitted from 20 million miles away in space in high definition using laser communications. NASA refers to it as their Deep Space Optical Communications Experiment, or DSOC uh, for short there. And it's really just another step in the possibility of exploring the far reaches of space and having infrastructure to communicate at that distance. And this video, by the way, included... Uh, that, that was used to transmit as um, a test included a NASA worker's cat that's chasing a laser pointer. <laughs> I think Rhino, the, yeah, they, it's, it's um, someone who works in the lab there, the actual communications lab. The cat's name Taters, T-A-T-E-R-S. <laughs> uh, it says initially 18.6 million miles away. 80 times the distance from the Earth to the Moon, the farthest ever of such communications, really is incredible.
1: I guess the simplest way to explain it, the difference between radio communication and laser communication, say you're, you're standing on one side of a pond and you've got a little bitty paper boat on your side of the pond that you're trying to push to the other side of the pond to somebody else. Well, you can drop a rock behind it and the ripples will slowly move out and push it, or you could get a, a water jet and put it right behind it and point it at the person on the other side and push it with the water jet. That's the difference mm-hmm. in the radio versus laser.
3: Yes, good good analogy. Uh, by the way, the, the transceiver, which initiated, actually performed the transmission aspect of the test, was installed on board NASA's. Psyche? Is that how you pronounce it? Rhino? Is that how they pronounce it? P S Y C H E spacecraft. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and of course. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the way it would be pronounced. I just thought that was an odd name for a spacecraft. Um, and then of course there there I was think they the e at
1: the end. Psyche.
3: Okay. Well, that's why I wasn't sure about. So uh, two components on the Earth: a ground laser transmitter, which. It was installed not too far from the, the lab itself in a ground laser receiver that would be another uh, necessary component to complete the round trip there that was installed at the palomar observatory in southern california it it really is kind of mind-blowing when you think about it uh, honestly but i thought it was pretty cool to use taters there <laughs> we'll have employees cat what an appropriate subject well, another thing
1: to, to think of is space is huge. Like, mind-bogglingly huge <laughs> and expansive and relatively empty. So, yeah. <laughs> in order to relay, say, a radio message, you'd have to have a relay station between point uh, between the, the starting point and the end point. The relay station has to pick up the radio waves and either transcribe them or shoot them back out and broadcast so it has to take it in and broadcast it with a laser you can do the same thing
3: with a shiny enough mirror it's it's amazing it's cool Uh, it really is and uh it it, you know it's another example of the power of human innovation and who knows what this will lead to but this isn't a, a critical essential step as you pointed out, you can't think about certainly sending people, really even infrastructure, uh, to collect data and perform experiments and so forth. If you can't, uh, establish effective communications and, and think about what you can do with more than just audio communications, but high-definition video communications. I mean, that's a whole new frontier that we really never even thought about. Incredible. Really is. It's neat. Uh, Gerard, didn't it take less than two minutes to travel that far? I believe that is correct in, in in the report I read. That's Keith and Vaden that informs us of that. Also on the ceasefire text line, what happens if aliens intercept a signal? Will they think this world is full of very smart cats. <laughs> that is so awesome. Well, they've been absorbing
1: radio waves being broadcast about this mouse from Florida that seems to have everybody enthralled and has for decades. So,
3: right, yeah, I'm exactly sure they're all right. kind of confused. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, the world is full of very smart cats. <laughs> Let's don't discount the cats, right? Right now. Cats are smart. Oh, and then they gosh. get
1: super confused when they watch Tom and Jerry when it gets when it gets broadcast to them <laughs> light years away and
3: takes eons to get there. That's so true. Uh so with respect to this barring Presently, as it stands, of uh, former President Donald Trump from the ballot in Colorado. So now we got other states. Well,
1: you mentioned retaliate. the California lieutenant governor. Did you? Yeah. Did you see her first attempt? I didn't to
3: do no, I'm, I may have. What's that about? She put out a, a presser on
1: the official letterhead of the lieutenant governor's office, and oh uh, yes, yes, she had a bit of a. A flub on what the Constitution says is required to run for president. She said that you had to be 40 years old. You, oh, you I think didn't. of all the things you would double-check before putting it out there in the public eye on the official letterhead. One of the arguments <laughs> you're trying to make.
3: I do see that now. Uh, a bit of a faux pas faux pas but the Constitution when it where it lists the provisions the requirements the provision that lists the requirements to be a candidate for president that's not where it lists you must not be an insurrectionist no don't you feel like that communication was taking a bit of um, uh, poetic license shall we say in sort of combining two provisions into one that's not what it lists there. It says you have to be thirty-five. It does say that. Uh, you have to be. Uh, what else? It's three, there are three requirements: a citizen and what live in the country for fourteen years is a uh, naturally born citizen, I believe. Right? That's a, one of the requirements. Thirty-five, naturally born citizen,
1: and must have and, lived in the U.S. for at least yeah. fourteen years.
3: Okay, so I had it right. Yeah, that's all it says. The the provision. Which that last is about,
1: one was pretty much put in place to keep. Uh, British loyalist from taking over the presidency in the early days of the United States.
3: It's, yeah, it, it kind of wouldn't make sense, honestly. Wouldn't hardly apply. It'd be hard to imagine. I mean, I, I guess you could be naturally born here, move away, and then move back and live here for 14 years. So I, I don't know I, that that's that an issue that would we'd likely see. That seems like rare. But at that time, as you point out, uh, in, in the evolution of the country, sure. But nowhere in that – and it's it's amazing when you think about it, those are the only three requirements because so many times we've seen come up on our text line and just in other public discussion, well, could, could Donald Trump run for president if he's convicted of a felony? Yeah, convicted felons can run for president. There's no provision in our Constitution that uh, bars them from seeking the office of the presidency it's real real clear those are the three requirements so this deal about you must not be an insurrectionist well the the lieutenant governor here has got that wrong that it's not it's not listed that that is it comes into play as we talked about in the 14th amendment and and that was designed to keep the civil war loyalists who did in fact engage in um, insurrection because they were officers at one point and they pledged they vowed to uphold the constitution and then of course in waging a civil war they didn't they didn't uphold the constitution they violated it so yeah that made sense but that's not what's going on here with president donald trump i'm still trying to and by the way he's never been convicted but that's not the standard unfortunately the, the the constitution doesn't say you have to have been convicted of insurrection but the spirit is pretty clear and i think it's as is always the case with the law you've got to kind of look at the underlying logic and spirit It wasn't so some goofy four judges in Colorado in a state could say, we just don't like Donald Trump. We're just going to ban him from being on the ballot. That's what's going on here. This is about the person and what people should pay attention to, including Democrats, is that this is bigger than... A candidate, this is about the country. These same fools that always talk about the end of democracy. Oh, my gosh. We're banning sexually explicit uh, content from elementary school classrooms. That's the end of democracy, right? The pro-life movement or any any, uh, pro-life policy, that's the end of democracy, requiring you to show an ID to prove your... Your identification—that you're, you you are who you say you are—in order to vote. That's the end of democracy. But no, what they're doing—that's the end of democracy. The Element Well Studio at Carter Jewelers today. Stay with us. We're coming right back.
0: Super Talk, Mississippi.
1: Frosty the Snowman was a jolly, happy soul with a cap pipe and a button nose and two
3: eyes made out of coal. Oh, Welcome so back, man. everyone. It's midday's. We're live today at Carter Jewelers downtown Jackson. We have temporarily relocated the Element Well Studio down to Carter Jewelers today and tomorrow, and then we'll take a little time off, uh, enjoy the tidings of uh, Christmas. Looking forward to that with family, and then Christmas Day Monday. Back in the studio next week. The new year, shortly thereafter, and then, oh boy, those old wily lawmakers are going to be just across the street from my current position (laughs) under the dome here, getting all settled in for an eventful session, four months, given that it is the first session of the four-year term. So, on the ceasefire text line, Paula Meridian says, Someone made a good point yesterday. Trump hasn't even been charged with insurrection that I know of. Johnny McComb, was there ever a trial in Colorado? I don't recall that happening. So, yeah, I I hear you. Here's the deal, though. The Constitution does not require that a person be convicted of insurrection in order to be disqualified under... Uh, those provisions it, it's it's another one of those kind of nuanced situations it's, it's sort of like the situation that occurred with uh, representative santos george santos in new york you recall that the republican house voted to expel mr santos and uh, there were some reps republican reps that did not vote with many of their colleagues uh, in the U.S. House to expel Mr. Santos, they felt like that he needed to be convicted before they could see fit to toss him out of the House. Representative Trent Kelly is is one of those, and that, that was his explanation for why he voted against the expulsion. But once again, that's not the way the House works. I'm, I'm not, again, questioning Congressman Kelly's decision there. His rationale for his decision is is noted and accepted. I'm simply saying that that's not a requirement under the house rules. If the house wants to expel somebody and they got the votes to do it, they can. Simple as that. In, um, in the case of this insurrection situation, this is what's scary and dangerous. And I'll be honest with you guys. I never even thought about that provision uh, until this came up. I mean, I never thought about Uh, I guess, political opponents, if you will, using it as a way, relying on the Constitution and that 14th Amendment uh, to bar someone, in this case, former President Donald Trump, from appearing on the ballot. That's just, that's dangerous. That's scary. That's bizarre. I believe, Rhino, that uh, there is a Republican, I believe a representative, if I'm not mistaken, could be a senator, but... Again, it's a bit sketchy. I just kind of crossed over and, and, and uh, glanced at it. Is is uh, drafting legislation may have already done so and filed it that's designed to sort of clarify this provision and not uh, allow, I guess, further clarify and define what insurrection is and not just allow some sort of rogue body like uh, a state Supreme Court in this case to to just kind of haphazardly bar a candidate from appearing on the ballot uh, just because they don't like somebody is really what this boils down to. It's more of a popularity contest sort of deal, and just they're they're just disdain for a person, uh, as essentially ignoring uh, our constitutional Republican, the principles thereof. Now, let's uh, let's take a look at what the left's saying about this. They're saying, well, you Republicans, you conservatives, you're always about federalism, always about states' rights, always about allowing these sorts of, of decisions uh, and this sorts of, of uh, government policy to be handled by the states. Well, yeah, but we're talking about a president here. We're not talking about a policy where there's like abortion for example where there's a difference in the way citizens of a state feel that needs to be handled uh, and again you could change that by passing a law at the federal level that that and that's what the democrats by the way seek to do i'm talking about abortion specifically they absolutely seek to so-called codify roe v wade meaning they want to enact law at the federal level that that deems that abortion is a right and should thus be made available in every state. States couldn't override it. Of course, there would be all kinds of lawsuits about that, I'm sure. But that's, that's different. In this case, what they're trying to do is enact some sort of law that would prohibit a state from taking such action on its own, relying on the U.S. Constitution to bar a candidate from appearing on the ballot. That is ridiculous. Now, something that's, that we're seeing going on in retaliation is that in the state of Texas, the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, he's floating the idea of taking Biden off the Texas ballot, basically uh, asserting that the current president, Joe Biden, is violating the Constitution and and thus engaged in insurrection because of the way they're handling the southern border. Now, I could see how that makes sense, but I think it's dangerous. I think it's a slippery slope. If we are entering a situation now where we're we're kind of launching a trend where states just take it upon themselves, regardless of party, regardless of the candidate, to say, yeah, we just think this person violated the 14th amendment section three specifically and we're just going to say they can't be on the ballot well that's not good i don't care what state it is or what party it is Uh, you could see a situation where we wouldn't have any candidates on the ballot (laughs) in all 50 states so what good is that going to do i don't i don't think that's the correct approach here honestly um, and, again, that's not consistent with the spirit of this amendment, which was enacted after the Civil War, which was really just designed to keep former members and supporters of the Confederacy from serving in the government. And it, This is not the way it's supposed to work. And, and
1: to answer the legal- question, though, whether or not there was a trial or hearings or anything, yes, this is based on the case Anderson v. Griswold. Right, that's the case that was brought before the Colorado Supreme Court, and that will now likely go before the U.S. Supreme Court.
3: Right, um, but it but it wasn't a trial of Donald Trump in that state. No, yeah, I just mean, just for clarification, but you're right. It uh, was that
1: a handful of people and a watchdog organization suing. Uh, is, is it Jenna Griswold in Colorado? I forget what her official title is, but that's the. Yeah. That's the way it broke down. They, they sued Jenna Griswold to keep Trump off the ballot. It was dismissed and then ruled against or ruled that Griswold would keep Trump on the ballot on November 17th. And then the Supreme Court was it was appealed to the Supreme Court on November 20th in Colorado. And they agreed to take it up on the next day and then the, the 19th. So just a couple of days ago. Was when they passed their ruling of four to three in the Colorado Supreme Court. Uh,
3: and so that's a good point. I mean, the Supreme Court or courts in general, they don't they don't take action without there being a case in front of them. There, there needs to be correct. Uh, I mean, I'm not right. I mean, I'm not aware of any situation where they just wake up one day and say, hey, "I think we're just going to take some action, legal action." No, it's got to be a case. That's what they're there is to adjudicate cases. So you're right. Thank you pointing out that yeah, it started out as a case. I thought the question was about was Donald Trump. Did, did he actually, was he tried in the state? But I, I I may have misunderstood, but thanks for clarifying that. So on the c tax text line, yesterday on Fox Business, Carl Rove used LQC Lamar as an example of a Confederate officer who served after the war as U.S. Secretary of Interior, U.S. Senator, U.S. House member, Supreme Court Justice. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I don't think there's anything preventing that unless someone argues that they should, right? Again, it would be a situation where, if, if they file the paperwork, they get certified, they appear on the ballot, they get elected, somebody would have to bring a case forward and sue and say, hey, we think that this person uh, should be disqualified because they violated this 14th Amendment, but uh, evidently no such case was filed that I'm aware of to contest that. So, And that's what this is all about. Yeah, but the Communist Democrats started all this. They're talking about uh, Governor Abbott. Uh, response, Lieutenant Governor Abbott's response. I I get it. They started it, but so where does it end, right? Is it, okay, all the Republican states say we're banning Joe Biden, and all the blue states say we're banning Donald Trump. What do we get then? I I mean, a very fractured country is what we get in borderline anarchy. By the way, uh, I've got got some information to share about that. Apparently, there's going to be a non binding question coming up in a state concerning secession. Secession. Credible. We are taking a break right here, coming back with uh, Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers. That's where we are in downtown Jackson. Stay with us. Oh.
0: this. Midday's with Gerard Gibbert. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. On Super Talk Mississippi. So this is Christmas, and what have you done?
4: And Wait. huh? Yeah, I hear a song.
1: And you won't just be gone.
4: Right, you just gotta.
3: And so this is. Welcome back, everyone. It's middays. We're down at Carter Jewelers today in downtown Jackson. We welcome to the Element Well Studios set up in the store here, the owner of Carter Jewelers, Jerry Lake. All right, Jerry, take a look here. Gary's taking a picture. Hey, hey, that's scary, Gary. Uh, Yeah. Uh, What's going on?
4: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think uh, some of you out there know I'm retiring, and uh, I I am... uh, uh, this store and my other store, both are, are I have them both under contract to be sold. Does not include the inventory for either store. I'm uh, I'm liquidating what uh, what I'm uh, what's the largest fine jewelry inventory in the state of Mississippi and probably the region. It's uh, everything in both stores has been marked down to fifty to ninety percent off the lowest tag prices. We've never. Ever sold at these kind of prices before? It's, uh, uh, this has got to be the best sale that I've ever known in, uh, in this state since I've been around for 49 years. I I will tell you, it's, it's a good, you, you should come shop this sale for this Christmas and if you've got the, uh, if you got the disposable income future, Christmases, birthdays, anniversaries tell Tell everybody, all your friends and your family, this is the best, this is the best jewelry sale there's ever been in this part of the world. I will guarantee you. The best selection, the prettiest jewelry, and and some of the best made jewelry. It's, uh, you know, at these prices, it's, you know, and a lot of this jewelry I will end up selling to industry liquidators, and, uh, And these prices, some of them are real close to those, those prices. If you can buy jewelry anywhere near what the industry liquidators pay for fine jewelry, uh, I can tell you that is a big time win for anybody out there here in this, uh, broadcast. It's, uh, and then have, have, have one of the best selections in the whole region to pick from. I mean, you're, I don't think you're ever going to run into a situation like that, uh, uh, that I know of uh, you might but i mean that i know of again or has ever existed since i've been in the business for 49 years so uh it's a great sale uh we're you know we're we're uh we've got a lot of i, I know I've, I've got at least ten, ten 10 or 12 uh people here to help you and uh, I, there's gemologists, uh, almost every other person. It's uh, people that know what they're doing, know what they're talking about. You know, you, we we don't sell we don't sell jewelry that looks good or looks close to being uh, the 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 good stuff. It's this jewelry is the best made jewelry anywhere in the world at any price. But right now. The prices are are once in a lifetime deals, and uh, we're you know we're downtown Jackson, two blocks from the Capitol on High Street, and then uh, the Permanent Plaza over in in Vicksburg. So uh, anyhow, it's a. Uh,
3: what are you it's, selling? I mean, I know the place is always full every time I'm here. Of uh, unbelievable selection. Is there anything in particular that's well? That's let popular? me
4: tell you, the diamond jewelry is is big time popular. But I mean, you know, we we've got all uh, a lot. We're selling a lot of uh, engagement rings, uh, diamond earrings, studs. Especially uh, seems like as popular as or as ever. And and we you know we probably got still got hundreds of those uh, left over. I don't know if we got that many, but we got a lot. Okay. And uh, and, and diamond braces are really popular. It's uh, and diamond pendants and a lot of people upgrading their engagement rings. I am taking trade ins, but I'm taking the the trade in value is based on if I take it in on trade, it's going to be. Less than what we're selling at these liquidation prices, mm-hmm. it's going to be more like the kind of prices I would sell it to, to the industry liquidators. So you have to understand that. You know, you may be, you may want to just buy it outright, but if you got something you're not wearing, you know, it, it fits gold, platinum, diamond, it, it does have, uh, it, it will
3: have trading value. And, uh, financing? But, you got financing? Yeah,
4: we, yeah, we got financing. Uh, I think we've got like 12, 18 months interest free. Uh, and we got no credit check financing too okay. uh so yeah we got we got the financing uh, now we're uh la- layaways are, are that's not in our uh purview okay. My, here it's uh we've gotten down to where you know we'll do the financing yeah. but it's uh it's mostly uh you know uh, in god we trust but all others must pay cash or credit card <laughs> or debit card. It's gotcha. Uh, gotcha. but I will tell you, the selection is still incredible, and we we've we've already sold a lot of jewelry, but we carry the biggest
3: inventory in the region. Yep. And well, so you got, you've had a lot. we got to go, but we've, we've seen the steady stream of folks coming in here and making their purchases since we've been here, so it looks like it's going to be a good day. Come on down and see yes, us, folks. All right. We're at Carter-Julie's. Well, Merry
4: Christmas to all of you. Absolutely. Thank we'll you, talk Lord. to you in an okay, hour, appreciate year. it. Thank you, man.
3: Bye. We're coming right back, folks. It's time for Fox News and Super Talk News. More middays after that.
0: Get ready. Get ready to go beyond the headlines.
3: Welcome back, everyone. It's hour two of Middays. We are live today at Carter Jewelers, downtown Jackson. We thank you so much for joining us on this Friday (laughs) Eve. So don't forget, we've got uh, Captain Chris Turnipseed from the Mississippi Highway Patrol joining us in an hour from now, 12.05. He will provide, will the captain, an update on the travel situation, they expect over the busy holiday travel weekend, one of those long weekend deals with Christmas falling on a Monday. That's pretty cool. The president, Joe Biden, this is the problem with all this. Hey, let's just remove him from the ballot stuff. Joe Biden says in twit- on Twitter yesterday, about 6.30 p.m., Trump poses many threats to our country. The right to choose, civil rights, voting rights, and America's standing in the world. But the greatest threat he poses is to our democracy. If we lose that, we lose everything. Of course, I guess the way I read that really isn't the way Biden himself would say it. <laughs> if he could say that, I doubt he could get that out coherently. His uh, communicators, of course, handle all of that for him. But you see what I mean there? If we don't allow the right to murder babies, it's the end of democracy. If we require that a voter present a valid photo ID before they are given a ballot, it's the end of democracy. Oh, you know, and if we, I don't know, get a little tougher and recognize that there are other nations on the planet, regimes, who seek to eviscerate the country, obliterate it, this country. If we don't recognize that, act accordingly, appropriately, and defend our country, it's the end of democracy. It's just incredible. These same people who, of course, are clamoring that these kinds of things are the end of democracy, which is absurd on its face, are the very people who were taking action, which is ending our democracy, such as ruling that a candidate cannot appear on the ballot. It's going to be interesting to see the supreme court's reaction and if i'm not mistaken rhino they gotta have these ballots printed in colorado I, it's earlier than you think i think it's in january some point so it's not the, yeah, supreme cause isn't the Court, primary in march I, I well it would i'm thinking about the primary it would write in that state would be different in that st- in colorado yeah i think primary. their
1: primaries in march
3: Okay. All right. So yeah, I know ours is. I wasn't sure, but I, you know, thus I think that's right. Just like in our state, sixty days. And I, and I think you and I looked at that, right? Is that federal law that, um, with respect to primaries, that the deadline for filing is always sixty days prior to that? But I mean, that's a reasonable time period. It hasn't passed yet. It's coming up real soon. And, all, and all I'm, the point I'm trying to make here is, the Supreme Court's going to have to take this thing up and act quickly. Because the ballots have to be printed. And so here's the here's the deal. Are we going to see a 9-0 vote? This is going to be interesting. Is there a Supreme Court, member the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, that's going to rule in favor of the lower court's ruling, the lower court being the Supreme Court of Colorado? Are they going to say, oh, yeah, that's okay, they acted appropriately? That's scary. If it's not a 9-0 unanimous decision, that could be scary. And if it's not, and there are some on the court, sitting on the bench, who vote that way, who find that the Supreme Court of Colorado acted within the law, well, then it makes you scratch your head and wonder, well, geez, if, if Donald Trump hadn't been elected in 2020, or pardon me, 16, and appointed Supreme Court justices as he did, thus changing the the complexion, if you will, the character of the court from a philosophical perspective. And we had a, a Hillary Clinton in office appointing Supreme Court justices. It's certainly plausible to think that we may get an outcome... That's different than the one I expect, which is that the U.S. Supreme Court upholds the lower court, the Supreme Court of Colorado's decision. Man, that's scary. That really is. And this rhetoric coming out of Joe Biden is ridiculous as well. You know, if he were truly a president, and I I say this about anyone holding that office at any point in time, what they should do if they really were interested in defending the constitution and democracy in our republic the way they should be the way they swore that they would when they took their oath they should come out and make a statement i'm imploring joe biden right now not that he's listening to me but i'm imploring him right now to come out and say you know this was wrong what colorado did but no he's a selfish politician and I don't want to see Donald Trump run around the country and say, hey, look, guys, you need to ban Joe Biden on the ballot. And I will say this in defense of, of the others in the Republican primary. Chris Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, all have come out and blasted this Colorado decision. All have come out and said that it was wrong, that Donald Trump – and that's, their, that's their, their foe in the primary – I said they're competing with, and they've all come out and said, "No, Donald Trump needs to be on the ballot, and the people need to make this decision." So I, hats off to them, I applaud them. That is the, that is putting principle uh, above their own personal interest. That's the way it should be. That's what the founders envisioned, for sure. So let let's hope that. That's the outcome. It's nine zero, and that puts this thing to bed, and this crap never crops up again, and nobody thinks about filing a case, as was the situation in Colorado, that gets to the advances to the a state supreme court, and they rule in favor, um, in, in a way that bars a candidate from appearing on the ballot. Uh, let's hope that the supreme court comes out, boom. Unequivocally, nine zero. This is wrong. This is not consistent with the intent of the Fourteenth Amendment, uh, the the Article Three, and um, and it just puts it to bed. We don't ever see it again. That's that's the way it ought to be. I um, so I was talking earlier about possible calls for secession. I didn't realize this. There's a movement in Texas called the Texit. Movement. It's 20 years old, has a pretty sizable base of support, but they've got sufficient number of signatures to place a measure on the ballot next year. It's non binding to gauge the sentiments of the entire state of Texas, the voters in the state of Texas, to see if they would support the state of Texas seceding. From the United States, there's also a member of the New Hampshire legislature. There are 13 state representatives. This is crazy, and I think I'm reading this right, Ronald. In New Hampshire, 400 400 representatives in the state of New Hampshire? Uh, They must have 10,000 people. (laughs) that they in their constituency, independent constituency. And there is a member that um, is one of 13 representatives that recently spoke at uh, an event uh, in Manchester, New Hampshire, Free State Project's annual pro-liberty conference. And he spoke about New Hampshire seceding the union 13 from the union 13 representatives out of a 400 chamber a year ago march 22 a little more than a year ago voted uh, to add a constitutional amendment to the new hampshire ballot asking voters if they want to quote peaceably declare independence from the united states no democrats voted for it several republicans those who do not support this measure said that the legislation really bordered on treason. This is incredible. Think about this sort of stuff happening. I mean, it's, this is this is real. I, I don't think that the support is there to ultimately cause Texas to secede from the union. And it is a non-binding resolution. It's just a uh, an attempt to gauge again voter sentiment. But there's some who think that it's uh, this representative. I'm going to try to pronounce the name correctly in New Hampshire, Santo Nastasso, uh, who says that it's just a matter of time that uh, he he's predicting that we're going to see more political division in the in the coming year, and he thinks it's going to turn violent, become another civil war. I mean, it's a scary thing to think about. We're at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson, coming right back.
0: Middays with Gerard Garrett. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk, Mississippi. Is and power
3: we are back in the element well studio at Carter Jewelers, downtown Jackson folks are pouring through the doors here working with uh, Carter jeweler's sales team helping them out with their selections and walking out with bags it's a good thing it is christmas time. it's good to see the uh, christmas spirit on full display here carter Gillers, downtown jackson paula meridian on the ceasefire text line the pro-palestine movement in the united states is a scary representation of possible pro terrorist in our country I, I agree with you paul and of course you, you also have to think about the unbelievable numbers of people crossing over the border uh and and while uh, and, and among them uh, i fear may be some people who are coming here to scheme and plot some sort of catastrophic attack on our country on our soil and uh it will be squarely laid at the feet of Joe Biden who has no intention no desire taking no action to gain control of the border and stem this ridiculous flow, uh, and and while I think that that could be more appropriately and logically construed as not upholding the Constitution, is violating his oath as the president by just allowing this to happen and taking no action, than Donald Trump saying, hey peaceful, patriotic protests uh, than uh, in terms of it being defined as insurrection. I mean, it's ridiculous to, I think, try to attach Donald Trump to what happened on January 6th, uh, especially when in the speech, just before the group headed down to the Capitol and uh, essentially incurred the Capitol, he said Patriotic, peaceful. I mean, that's that's on the record. It's that's easy to run down and hear for yourself. How in the world could that rise to the level of insurrection? And that's the problem with our constitution, in that it is subjective. It's subjective. It's it's whatever anybody's opinion is of did that event, did his words, did his action. Hmm, constitute insurrection civil war yeah and what's really ridiculous is that there are some out there who are absolutely saying that what donald trump did in fact is equivalent to the civil war to those who truly did engage in treason and insurrection they violated their oath. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but those have,
1: are the kind of people you give coloring books and bubbles and tell to go sit in the corner because they're <laughs>
3: obviously not serious. I was shocked when I saw that. You've seen it, they, they have equated it to the Civil War. I and mean, this is insane. Like, uh, this was a New York Times writer in particular. The Trump ballot ban is comparable to Confederates. I mean, so they're essentially justifying it on that basis. They're rationalizing this action by the Colorado Supreme, Supreme Court. said it was, quote, in the spirit, unquote, of Confederates from the Civil War. Really? You're equating a man standing at a podium instructing his supporters, if you protest, do so peacefully and patriotically? You're equating that? To people taking up arms and killing their fe- fellow countrymen? you got to be kidding me. Republicans were standing on the side of Confederates and merely defending tro- Trump. That was on MSNBC's Morning Joe. Boy, we're not surprised by that. It's just incredible that uh, that would be the case. So this is Mara Gay is the writer for the New York Times and she appeared on MSNBC's Morning Joe she's the one during that interview who said that these Republicans who were defending Trump and defending him as in yeah having him on the ballot that's just defending our law honestly that's not even defending a person but they always make it about the person and not the principle not the law not the constitution only when it's convenient of course standing on the side of confederates quote why are you standing with confederates who betrayed this country this is what they're standing with it's the spirit of those confederates rather than americans who came together after a long and brutal civil war that was fought to keep the union together clearly saw a threat in ex-confederates running for office so much so, they amended the Constitution to prevent those traitors. Also, oh, Donald Trump's a traitor? By imploring his supporters to honestly exercise their right to redress their government. Your right is to do so as Donald Trump instructed. Peacefully. Even patriotically. But at a minimum, peacefully. Here's what's... Another example of a ridiculous, absurd double standard. What about all the BLM? And I hate to play the what about games, but, the, but in terms of consistent application of our laws, you, you, you can't help but, but uh, at least recognize this. BLM supporters, as I recall, Rhino, were destroying, invading, destroying uh, federal property. As I recall, Um, federal buildings in parts of the nation. Well, that's okay. We justify that. We rationalize that. That's perfectly fine. What about those who recently engaged in a sit-in on the floor of one of the chambers at the Capitol? What about that? And just disrupted the proceedings the business being conducted in that chamber well that's okay that's you could argue that's insurrection you're interfering with a body's ability a constitutionally appointed body's ability to conduct its business As defined in the Constitution. I mean, you see the problem with the slippery slope here. There's got to be something more to this standard than just someone's opinion based on who they don't like, which is what this New York Times writer is doing with the hyperbole of equating that uh, to Confederates in the Civil War. That is just insane. Of course, they know it gets, you know, it gets some clicks. And um, it it rallies their base. I think they're miscalculating here though I honestly think the state of Colorado did not go for Trump in the last election. Don't think it did in 16 either. Uh, but I, I I might be willing to even guess that it might go in his favor this time And it, and it I think it's going to boost his poll numbers. And that's the bottom line here. Bottom line is they know that they got a uh, a terrible candidate that is losing in all the polls that is not popular it's having a traipse around the country like he did yesterday in milwaukee trying to persuade people oh bidenomics is working you're really better off but they're lived experiences isn't that what we're always told we got to we got to consider with all this gender and race stuff, lived experiences. Well, their lived experiences are telling them, I'm really not better off here, Mr. President. You can keep shoveling that malarkey out, but it ain't working. And that's what they know. That's what these people know, uh, such as these four Supreme Court justices in Colorado. And there's a lot more as well, and they're concerned about that. Let's see here. There was someone who said that, they thought that, that at least three of the Democrat appointed justices would vote, so it, it vote to uphold the Supreme Court's uh, decision of Colorado. On the ceasefire text line, I see that someone disagrees with our opinion. That's fine. We welcome all opinions. We appreciate you listening and sharing yours. But this individual, as you can see, Rhino said that my opinion of the Confederacy is sheer ignorance. Okay, so I'm ignorant in that I don't equate Donald Trump's actions to the Civil War? Seriously? Man. How do you feel about them removing the Confederate Memorial at Arlington? This is Dan and Tate County. I'm not sure I knew that that happened. Um, you know, I think all Yeah, this, they took down the Reconciliation Memorial. Well, that's dumb in my view. I, I think we place way too much uh, emphasis on that by the people I'm saying that think that this is somehow going to make the world better. I don't think it is. And I, I think we need to preserve history in that respect. And that's what that statue and these other statues do. I, I think that's about as dumb as removing Aunt Jemima from the syrup bottle and Uncle Ben from the rice. We're stepping aside for a break here on middays with the Element Wealth Studio is down at Carter Jewelers. Come see us.
0: Time for middays with Gerard Gibbert.
3: Welcome back, everyone. Middays is live today at Carter Jewelers, downtown Jackson. It's Christmas time, and folks are buying a lot of jewelry. Come on down and see us if you're in the area. William and Brandon says, I'm fairly sure I heard on Gallo they have to be printed by January the 5th. Talking about the ballots in Colorado and why that's important is because the Supreme Court has little time to make a decision on whether or not Mr. Trump will appear on the ballot, and that would require... Of course, the Supreme Court of the United States to overturn the decision recently handed down by the Supreme Court of Colorado that bans Mr. Trump's name from appearing on the ballot. So that is correct. I I did look up the official calendar published by the Colorado Secretary of State. And the 5th of January is a critical uh, date in the calendar concerning the 2024 election cycle. And I'll I'll just read it to you. It says uh, this is the second, second point on the calendar for January 5th. Last day for Secretary of State to certify the names and party affiliations of the candidates to be placed on the March 5th presidential primary election ballot in parentheses, no later than 60 days before the presidential primary election. So there you go. Uh, All right. Well, (laughs) it says then in in the item below that, last day for the Secretary of State to deliver the March 5th presidential primary election ballot order and content to the county clerks. So they're going to have it in their hands. Uh, The ballots will be distributed to all the counties. Uh, the clerks of the counties in the state of Colorado as of January 5th. So that uh, that doesn't give a whole lot of time to get uh, the Supreme Court to make a decision here. Right? If I'm doing my math right, two weeks from tomorrow. Is that right, Rhino? I believe so. Yeah. Two, two weeks from tomorrow would be the 5th of January, Friday. So... I reckon that means the court may have to take this thing up maybe next week if they're working between Christmas and New Year's. If not, certainly if they're taking off, they got to get on it um, the, uh, the week of New Year's, January the 1st. It's typically a holiday, of course, federal holiday as well. So four days, three days, I would say. I mean, you'd think they have to have a little, little heads up. Before you start printing, you can't just – I guess you could do it all on one day, the same day, the deadline day. I don't know. I don't know the, the systems and the process. But it's safe to say at a minimum it's a, a very short window to get something done here. On the ceasefire text line also, yeah, Keegan Sotomayor and Ketanji Brown Jackson, uh, of course, three Democrat-appointed Uh, Supreme Court justices will all side with the court of Colorado on the ceasefire tax line. I hope that's not the case. If so, then honestly they're unfit to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court because I really do think this is a fairly clear-cut case in this situation, and I think the subjective nature of it is scary that somebody just says that somebody in this case is four people in the state of Colorado. I don't like Donald Trump. Let's just say that he committed insurrection so he doesn't belong or he won't appear on the ballot. That's just wrong. Totally wrong. The real threat to democracy on the ceasefire tax line is the attempt to overturn the 2016 election via the Russia hoax. It involved all agencies of government, FBI, CIA, Mueller investigation, etc. Well, yeah, no doubt that the politicization of the sprawling bureaucracy that is the federal government down at the agency level should be and is a concern to a lot of people. Um, and And that is something that I think probably gives Trump more rocket fuel than anything else, is that when he ran in 16, he talked about the swamp, the deep state, and he did expose that. He was not a creature of it. And I think that's what gave him... The, the rise and led to his ultimate rise to, to become the president and I think a lot of people identify with that. They, they fear this weaponization, politicization of government. We have certainly seen that and, and it, is, it is concerning. It is not consistent with our constitutional framework and the vision of our founders and it is impossible to have a, a robust functioning country democracy that achieves its full potential Uh, you know i can't help but think about rhino ben franklin when he emerged from creating the constitution the the um convention that did so and the famous uh, i'm i'm uh, trying to recall exactly the scenario and the exchange but was asked was mr franklin hey what'd you just do there and Well, we created a republic if they can keep it. You can't help but think about that in this situation. Because this this is what he was warning about, was he not? I mean, it was, I guess, a bit prescient. Of course, there's no doubt the man was brilliant. Um, But when he was asked that question, that was his immediate response. It's like he almost knew in his gut, yeah, this is all great. And what we did here was... Someone described as perfect, I think, one of the framers, and and yeah, it, it probably is the most perfect constitution, one of the most perfect documents ever created by man, and and maybe that's why it's so hard to keep it because it is so perfect, so brilliant. And there are a lot of people that we should go away, especially on the left. I, I can't help but harken back to President Barack Obama. Saying that, you know, I could get a lot more done if it wasn't for that pesky constitution. I inserted the word pesky, but that was the that was the tone, no doubt. Ben from Madison says, 0% chance SCOTUS will allow the Colorado decision to stand. I think you're right, Ben. I'm with you. Uh, but I think, the, again, the more important thing we should look out for is will it be unanimous? Because if it's not unanimous, that's scary. And it it makes you wonder, well, what if Hillary Clinton had been elected? And we would not have ended up with these three justices appointed by President Trump. And we got some on the conservative curve that are aging as well. And and once again, that's going to make the election of president even more uh, pivotal. Even the vice president of the Confederate States got his old house seat back after the war, says Reese and Clarkson. Yeah, I hear you. And, again, I, I point out that, you know, unless somebody contests that, I don't think there's any action that can be taken. Now, certainly the House, as we've seen under the law, actually the rules of the House and the law could expel a member um, if they get the votes. It, it doesn't require anything but that. If they can rustle up the necessary number of votes to expel a member, they can do that. Now that's a that's a tall order to achieve, but it's uh, certainly possible. Uh, by taking him off the ballot, they are going to push for the popular vote instead of using the electoral college, says Dan in Hattiesburg. Man, they've been doing that, Dan. There is a, a huge movement. That's been active for some while to do just that, and, and you're right. There's no doubt that the Democrats want to do that, and this is why I think what we should focus on, uh, certainly from a Republican Party and conservative perspective, is 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 persuading people, changing minds, the, relying on this this uh, really uh tenuous electoral college in these few votes in these handful of states to determine the outcome of the presidential election is extremely risky and volatile as we have seen and if you look at the numbers it comes down to about a hundred thousand in four states i mean that's the size of bryant denny stadium over at the university of alabama one hundred seven thousand. relying on that is risky and um I, it should be a concern. What we've got to do is, 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 is be more effective and more persuasive with the message and expand our tent and get more people to think and appreciate, think like us and appreciate um, the conservative philosophy and, and the, the values and the tenets of, of a more limited government, low taxes and, and uh, more freedom and individual responsibility. Um, recent poll i saw shows that young people still by a fairly significant margin say they're going to vote for joe biden in a head-to-head match of joe biden and donald trump and it makes you wonder again why, why are we not getting through to um that age group is it because they're getting brainwashed in in school by leftists that just dominate the landscape of certainly the college classroom and Look at all the anti-Semitic protests across the nation on college campuses. It, it, it tells you something, I think. Really really believe it does. I'm impressed with an interview of Oklahoma's Brent Venables last night. Oh, this is uh, from something else going on there. Do I understand correctly that a majority of the January 6 evidence presented by the left against Trump proved to be false and manufactured by the left? I mean, all I know is that he hasn't been convicted of insurrection. In fact, those charges were pretty much dismissed. I don't see how they could charge him with that. Coming right back with Mr. Jerry Lake at Carter Gilder. Stay with us.
0: Come on. Come on. Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
2: All right, we are
0: back. On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Everyone, it's midday's. We are live today in downtown Jackson at Carter Jewelers. Big old sale going on. We got Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers, and now is going to tell us all about it. Jerry,
4: uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm retiring, and uh, my store here in Jackson uh, is under contract to be sold. This sale does not include the inventory. Uh, I. B- I'm pretty sure this is the uh, we, we got the biggest, the prettiest uh, inventory in the state of Mississippi and probably the region. It's it's everything in here. We've marked down 50 to 90 percent off. The lowest tag prices. Uh, these are these prices are are very near what uh, industry liquidators will pay for fine jewelry. And, and I can tell you something, uh, this is an opportunity of a lifetime that you're likely never to ever run into again where you've got this big a selection of jewelry at these kind of prices. If you've got the, uh, you know, if you've got the extra disposable, uh, uh, funds, you should buy for this Christmas, future Christmases, anniversaries, birthdays, buy for yourself. You need to tell your all your family and your friends about this sale. This is a uh, this is the kind of sale that 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 <laughs> that comes along usually never in a lifetime. So you you need to come in and you need to shop and take advantage of it. Also, my store in Vicksburg is also in a contract to be sold, and uh, I, that sale did not include any of the inventory so it's all marked down to to fifty to ninety percent off the lowest tag prices it's, uh this is uh... this will be the best jewelry sale i believe in the history of the state i've been in the business forty nine years and i've i've never known a, a sale like this and uh... you should take advantage of it anyway we're we're carter jewelers we're two blocks from the capitol uh, on high street and uh... uh at the permanent plaza over in, in in vicksburg if you're anywhere that you can hear this broadcast and you have interest in in fine jewelry uh... you, you really need to uh... it'd be worth your time to come over here e- even if it's a five six seven eight hour round trip so anyway uh... merry christmas to all of you out there and 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 I really, uh, all all the, gr- the good listeners of Super Talk uh, shop with us and bought from us for all these years. I, I love you and I appreciate I, I appreciate you uh, uh, shopping with us. And so anyway, Merry Christmas and take advantage. We're downtown Jackson, two blocks from the Capitol on High Street, uh, front door parking, and we have a parking lot next door.
3: Uh, so anyway. Head this way. It's Christmas time. Someone asked me uh, if you have any diamond tennis bracelets. Uh,
4: I, I'm guessing we probably got the biggest selection of diamond tennis bracelets still in in the state of the region. We we got. I, I'm uh, blessed with uh, lots of gorgeous diamond tennis bracelets. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, and also. You know, we have. I've taken all of my loose diamonds, and we set them up in uh, in rings, and and a lot of them in uh, for stud uh, earrings. Big, big selection of uh, diamond stud earrings, real popular, and and as you mentioned, bracelets are as well. A lot of pendants. Uh, let me tell you, it's it's a lot of selection. We got don't think, don't think. Well, everything there is a zillion dollars. You know, even on sale. You know, we've got a lot, we got tons of stuff under hundred dollars. So you know, under two hundred dollars. It, it's uh and, and you can do all of your shopping here. You know, for all of your family, you, you, there's things you can find, and and it would. Uh, you need to come over and take a look. Uh, you do yourself a favor to do so. And uh, I, I think this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime kind of sale that you, you're likely to never, ever uh, be, op- be offered or have the, have the opportunity to shop at again in your lifetime.
3: So, uh, Jerry, what about if somebody is, is thinking about buying a piece of jewelry, for, let's say, for a gift. They're not really exactly sure what makes sense uh, for the person they have in mind. Your team kind of guides them through that process. Team, help them let me tell on? you
4: something. I've got some of the most experienced, more gemologists here. People that know about jewelry, that know how to guide them through things. And look, you know, you give us give us what your budget is. I mean, we we've all got budgets, and and, and if you don't have the budget for for you know fine jewelry, you know, take care of your. Don't go out on a limb because you know you got a, a deal on on fine jewelry, any kind of personal property. But if you've got a budget for it, and you got and you got somebody that you want to buy from, you need to come to this sale. Um, you'll get you'll get so much more for your money that you, you can't you can't even imagine. Look, these prices are near the prices that industry liquidators are paying for fine jewelry. Never in your lifetime are you going to find anything like this again.
3: Anyway, Merry Christmas. Come see us. We're coming right back. Fox News, Super Talk News is next. Stay with us.
0: And now, another hour of the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Begin your transition now. Now. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome
3: back, everyone. It's middays. We're live today in downtown Jackson at Carter Jewelers on this Friday Eve. <laughs> we welcome to the program Captain Chris Turnipseed serves as the director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol Public Affairs Division. Hey, Captain, how's it going today, sir?
2: Great, Gerard. I hope you all having a good day there. I hope you're staying warm.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you so much for uh, calling in. Wanted to see if you could give us a bit of an update, an outlook on what we can expect for the busy travel holiday weekend coming up. I guess we got a couple of them coming up in a row here, it being Christmas and New Year's. What's
2: it looking like? It's going to be bang bang. It always is here right around Christmas time. You got Christmas coming up, and then you got the New Year holiday. It's going to be a lot of travelers. Uh, AAA is expecting this to be, this one to be busier than usual across the country. So I'm sure Mississippi will see its reflection upon that and our numbers and travel here. Uh, we're geared up and ready to go. Uh, we're going to have a, a couple of different periods uh, starting Saturday morning around six o'clock a.m. going through, uh, Christmas night at midnight. We're going to be observing uh, traffic and paying close attention to what's going on out there, making sure those travelers get to and from. And then in New Year's, we'll do that on month. 30th a uh, Saturday as well and go through uh, New Year's day evening till midnight and we're just going to be out there patrolling trippers will be out there watching assisting motorists and you know maybe have the ticket if they have to but we really want folks just to take the initiative to uh, do the right thing and travel safely and we just got to make sure we don't uh, have many fatalities over those holiday periods. Those, that's, those are our main concerns. Uh, sure. It's always a sad, it's a, it's a bad time. It's never a good time to get killed in a car crash, but especially hard and tough around the holidays because those seem to linger year after year, especially for those families that are affected. So we, that, our goal was to make sure that don't happen. Uh, last year we did, it was pretty rough. We had about seven uh, folks who died in car crashes last uh, mm-hmm. Christmas holiday, and we do not want a re- repeat of that. Uh, this year, so we're going to do what we can as a Highway Patrol to uh, get those numbers down and we'll do those so crashes. Some simple things people can do, you know, slow down, wear them seat belts. One of our favorite topics there, Gerard. Uh, yeah. Don't drink, don't drink and drive, don't drive impaired. Period. There's other things people choose to get impaired on these days, and then that cell phone, just turn it off, just put it down. And if you can just uh, ignore that while you're while you're driving the vehicle your chances of of coming out of this holiday period traveling uh, safely and securely. Your your odds go up substantially there, and that's what what we want people to do.
3: Yeah, so I wanted to ask you about this, Captain. My my son was traveling through Waterworks Curve here, of course, uh, around downtown Jackson, and he was heading uh, to the south and noticed in the northbound lanes a a pretty serious crash involving an 18-wheeler. And, uh, uh, some, some pickup trucks, one in particular that just ran in the back of the 18 wheeler and then two, two more, uh, crashed into the rear of that truck. Do you know anything about that? He, he sent me some video. It, it looked pretty serious.
2: That's going to be, uh, that's going to be in Jackson's jurisdiction, actually the city, the city jurisdiction there. Uh, I do, I have seen a lot of crashes, uh, happen around that area there and, uh, that's pretty. That's a pretty common spot to come around there and, and see a crash. I don't have any first-hand information on, on what happened to that one. Uh, you got a rear end, a rear end collision there. You, you, you said he noticed, so that's going to be, uh, of course, a following too closely a violation. And you know what led to him following too closely? can be. Could be yeah. one of many things. Uh, we see a lot of rear. I um, will just be not you know, stating about that specific. Collision specifically, but a lot of these rearing collisions are people don't have their eyes on the road. Gerard, I'm just gonna yeah. say, I'm gonna say what it is, and uh, if they ain't got their eyes on the road. What, what are they looking at? And I think that goes back to the some of the tips I give you the things that avoid crashes. Is whatever you're looking at, whether it be a phone or uh, a hamburger or whatever it is you're doing while you're driving, it's just it's no time to, to do those things because you know, people stop in front of you you got to give yourself time to adjust the flow, of speed of traffic, and, and be, be ready to react. You can't react if you're not looking at the road.
3: Yeah, I understand. Uh, so what about your, your team, uh, the, the men and women of the highway patrol, the state troopers? Are uh, they going to be out in full force
2: this weekend and the next? Yes, sir. We'll be out it, all hands on deck, uh, as usual, uh, for the holiday period. You know, It's, it's a tricky job there to balance your work yeah. and, and uh, your work, and also you know they got to be able to spend a little time with their families and kids and open their their, their presence too. But you know when they're not doing that, they're going to be out there doing doing what, what, what we have to do, and that's you know protect the people of Mississippi from each other and from themselves. And uh, we get out there and we take pride and. Providing public safety, and we want to do a good job. So that's what every trooper is tasked with, and they take yeah. their job seriously. So they're going to do what they need to do. Gerard.
3: yeah, and I know that includes uh, the, the Christmas holiday as as well. I mean, it, the roads are still traveled, and and uh, they still have to go out and, and patrol them and make sure that they're they're safe. And I just want to extend a uh, heartfelt thanks to all the state troopers for. Uh, for serving our state and uh, and keeping us safe, even when they have to be away from their families, we recognize that. I know they know that when they sign up for it, but that doesn't make it any easier, and we certainly you're appreciate a, that.
2: It's a job that when you're coming into this, you know that you know there's going to be some sacrifice, and you know law enforcement a dangerous career, um, as we all know, and it's it's getting tougher and tougher to recruit people in our line of work. But uh, yeah. it's definitely a sacrifice, but. But hopefully, you know, the wor- if the worst thing you sacrifice, you know, is, is maybe a little time away from your family and, you know, hopefully you survive and a uh, long career in law enforcement, you know, the rewards on the other side. So that's, that's our goal to get there and have a long career. And, uh, you know, there, there are times you get the days off to spend with your family. You gotta, you gotta prioritize, make those things a, a, a priority when you do have that time off. Cause when it's time to go to work, you know, it's, it's time to go out there and do your job. And all our guys. And, gals that sign on they understand that and uh, you know that's that's the sacrifice they're, they're willing to uh, to put out there so uh, we commend them we appreciate them and they do a fine job we're, we're proud of them no doubt and you got a new boss right captain yeah well we will have a boss a new boss uh, January on January 1st uh, Colonel Charles Haynes looking forward to working with him I know him well I've known him a long time Great guy, smart guy, very intelligent, very motivated. Uh, he's got some good ideas. I've worked with, with him on some projects before. Uh, excited about doing that. We got a lot of things going on in the public affairs and recruit division that I'm, we're very anxious to sit down with him and talk about some, some possibilities on. So yeah, that'll be, that'll some great opportunities for the high patrol. Sad to see, uh, you know, Colonel again go We're you know, we've yeah, enjoyed, we've enjoyed him for a long time. He has paid his dues to the state of Mississippi, and he's going to enjoy some retirement time and uh, we'll still keep in touch with him. But he's just just a great man, a really great influence, a really positive uh, mentor in my life, and, uh, and of course, he'll be missed. But you know, it that's part of times go. You know, people move along, and, and new folks come in, so we're ready to uh, just you know, start. New chapter of the Highway Patrol with a new colonel, and excited uh, to see where his leadership takes us.
3: Yeah, well, I uh, I, I caught uh, a talk with uh, uh, between him and and Mr. Gallo earlier this week, uh, along with uh, the commissioner. They did a great job, and in, in just talking about this transition. Looks like that uh, Colonel Haynes was an excellent choice, and I'm sure he'll serve the good people of Mississippi well. And sounds like that uh, there's been a lot of positive reaction to that so uh good stuff and we certainly wish uh, colonel randy again all the best in his re- retirement much deserved have enjoyed uh, talking to him whenever he's come on the program and uh he's he's a dedicated public servant and has been i think a great role model uh for the highway patrol and and uh, i think he has the respect of the state troopers as well it's been a good good run for him but we welcome hey, colonel Colonel I you
2: about him he's I, he's I don't know anybody that's more passionate uh i mean we, we have a lot of guys on the Highway patrol that are passionate about the highway patrol but yeah if i had to rank him he's probably up there in, in the top two that I've, that I've ever met i mean he he loves the highway patrol he loves the state of mississippi and he just loves the the, the opportunity that he's had to serve and like i said if i his legacy will go on with Highway Troll, and like I said, he's made, he's made some influences on a lot of younger guys, younger troops coming up. I mean, he worked with, with yes, Colonel Hayes for a while, and I'm sure some of the influence he had on him, will, will, his legacy will carry on. We're just we're proud to have had him, but I think he, I'm sure he thanks you uh, for saying that, Gerard.
3: Yes, sir. Absolutely, no doubt. Well um, we are so appreciative uh of you captain of course uh, the, the outgoing colonel the new colonel and most importantly all the uh, all the state troopers again we're grateful for uh their service uh as we approach these so these busy holiday travel uh, week honestly and we know they're going to be out and about keeping us safe uh, so we, uh, again, extend a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you, sir, and all the men and women of the Highway Patrol. We look forward to working with you guys and talking to you more next year. Thanks a lot.
2: Sounds good. Thank you, George, for having us. Thank you for listening to us and getting our message out there. And we yes, are all you there on Super Talk Radio a Merry Christmas. And y'all, please, please, please buckle up and, and, and drive safe. Uh, next time we have a conversation, uh,
3: Welcome back everyone, it's Middays, we're live today at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. We appreciate you being with us today. We got one more day there, Rhino of the Week, and then we're out of here for a long weekend, which would incorporate Christmas being on Monday, back in the Supertalk headquarters studio next week. Uh, Looking forward to that. This place is packed, folks. I'm telling you that, in fact, they're scrambling to uh, get folks' places to park, filling up the parking lot. That's good news when you're in the retail business and you need traffic to come in and buy stuff. So that's definitely happened here. So someone on the ceasefire text line, if I can find it here. Here we go, Charles in Mathiston. Have there been any comments from Coloradan voters? I just did a quick look, and I, I found a piece that uh, features voter reaction, but I didn't find anything, you may find something, Rhino, that's just specifically limited to Colorado voters. But I'll share a couple of uh, those, those voters' comments. Uh, here's one from Connecticut, uh, identifies as a Democrat in Connecticut. I'm pleased to finally see the judicial system embracing the clear threat of having a former president who provided comfort and aid to insurrectionists. Comfort and aid? You know, when I think about comfort and aid, I'm going to stop right there. Maybe I'm wrong here. When you think about comforting and aiding, like, the enemy, I mean, that's what that's from, people who truly are the enemy of the the nation. I, I think about, like, Giving them housing and medical treatment and and the like. And food and provisions. That's what I think about. How in the world did Donald Trump provide comfort and aid? Jeez. As well engaged in active steps to delay Congress in their official role. I do believe the current situation our country finds itself in is one in which citizens must choose to recognize the danger of re-electing Mr. Trump. What danger? See that, and that's the problem, is it not? Because it all goes back to this discussion we've had so many times on there. Just there's no, there's no alignment. There's no consensus of good, bad, right, wrong, and um, su- succeed, fail. And there's clearly there's no more agreement on how many genders there are and what's a man and what's a woman. We don't agree on that anymore. But to them, when they say uh, that there is a danger in re-electing Trump, it really does revolve around the, these, um, these this fear-mongering rhetoric around, you're not going to be able to vote, right, because we want you to show an ID. As an example, you can't get an abortion, right? That's what they'll say. And um, that, that's what they consider to be uh, an incursion on, on freedom. Well, okay, so all because, let's talk about abortion, because of the Roe v. Wade decision and the repeal of that, sending it back to the states. So, in fact, in the states that allow abortion, every one of them, virtually, have, have implemented adopted new law, new policy, which expands availability of abortion. In some cases, even paying for it out of taxpayer money, providing sanctuary to those who come from states that don't allow it. Uh, Corporations in this country, many of which have expanded their benefits to cover the cost of travel and even the procedure if uh, someone on their staff, from a travel perspective, someone on their staff that works for them, resides in a state that doesn't allow or, or restricts abortion. So that's just nonsense. And then this whole voting thing. Oh, my gosh, it's the end of democracy. You're going to have to show a voter ID. Yet in, in the states that, like Atlanta, or like Georgia, I should say, not Atlanta, for example, not just specifically Atlanta, but in Georgia, when you had the the uh, major league baseball uh, corporation because it, it is when they pulled the all-star game it was based on that what they thought what they uh, asserted was uh, suppression of voting rights for minorities it's like which which is in my view racist unto itself well white people they're okay they they have the means to obtain valid voter id but black people can't well that's what do they call that? The bigotry, of, of uh, the soft bigotry of low expectations. That's kind of what that is. So that's just nonsense. That, that's not, in fact, those that's designed to protect democracy because you don't have a democracy and don't have a functioning republic if you cannot secure the voting process and ensure accurate, true vote outcomes. That's what that's about. It's not suppressing anyone. And, and if you call for someone to come forward to produce someone uh, like this voter here, produce a person whose vote has been suppressed, you can't. And what about the significant impact on the health of democracy? We already exist with rules and regulations that prohibit certain individuals from being eligible for electoral positions. Therefore, the president being set in Colorado is not an extreme position, but one that finally addresses the current predicament the former president cultivated. Translation, I don't like Donald Trump, so I'm okay with him banning him from the ballot. It's, it's not rooted in, in any law. It, it's it's not really consistent with the Constitution. I just don't like him. Let's just boot him from the ballot. Well, if he's so bad, then you shouldn't be worried because people aren't going to vote for him. He won't get elected. And, and, and when you abuse power is essentially what's happening here to keep someone off the ballot you're not achieving anything except getting in the way of the will of the people well here's a republican in california i've tried to avoid being drawn into the drama simply because this bad decision will be appealed at that stage nobody has been able at this stage pardon me nobody's been able to prove that donald trump did anything wrong on january 6th so there's no there is no reason to keep him off the ballot I do not think courts should decide on who appears on the ballot. It's up to the voters. It's very simple. Let the people decide by their votes. It's common sense. A Georgia Democrat says my first response when I read about the Colorado verdict was, it's about damn time. (laughs) Another person that just has Trump derangement syndrome just doesn't like him. That's not the way our system works. You don't get to select who appears on the ballot based on who you like or you don't like. It's been so distressing having an entire segment of the country acting like Donald Trump is eligible to run again. (laughs) You're distressed because half the country at least supports this guy and wants him to be on the ballot. Even his opponents in the Republican primary do. He opposed a peaceful transition of power in direct violation of the 14th Amendment. But he was cleared of those charges. He was cleared of it. And so that's the problem: is we don't we don't have, unfortunately, a standard specified in our constitution that says you got to be convicted of insurrection. And, and it seems like it's kind of subjective. It is, it's subjective. But that's the way the left rolls. They hate. Do they not? Right? They, they. The more I think about, it, they they object to objectivity. They they don't they don't want the outcomes to be determined based on objective facts.
1: It gets in their way.
3: It it really does. They they just want to contort and distort and manipulate everything subjectively to suit their agenda, to suit their whims. I'm hoping other states will step up and exclude him from their ballots as well. I know the decision to include or exclude will ultimately rest with the Supreme Court, and I don't have a lot of faith our Supreme Court, because it's com- to compromise. I mean, this is just delusional nonsense. Oh, gosh, on the ceasefire spire text line, you need ID to buy beer. You should be all right with presenting an ID to vote. Well, it's just common sense, is it not? The whole uh, The whole idea behind ID is to verify that you are a legal, valid voter. Period in the story. It's not designed to suppress anyone. It's designed to protect the integrity of the voting. Unbelievable. We're a constitutional republic, right? I, I, and I agree. And so, but the but the referral to the country as a democracy, uh, the constitutional republic, uh, really speaks more to the uh the formation of the country and uh the system of government but that's also part of inconsistent with democracy but i hear you but that it it's it's got to the point where the left has has overused this this that term that phrase it's the end of democracy they they've just applied it to everything they don't like it it's starting to to kind of lose any Effectiveness, if I think it's beyond that now, most people just think it's a joke. We're coming right back at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. That's where we've moved the Element Well Studio today. Stay with us.
0: Bring it on. Midday with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back, everyone. Middays is live today. From Carter Jewelers in uh, downtown Jackson. So we've talked some on the program, actually a lot, about school choice, education savings accounts, and uh, kind of the traction that issue is starting to receive in the, in the Mississippi State Legislature. And, and by that, I mean in just in discussions with members of the legislature. And I think we're going to see some action on that. Uh, hopefully, positive action to expand school choice options in the next session coming up here in less than two weeks. Well, I tell you what, Randy Weingarten, who of course is the head of the American Federation of Teachers, president of that organization. <laughs> While we're talking about ending the ending democracy and this. Constant refrains, the end of democracy. Ms. Weingarten says that school choice, quote, undermines democracy. It's just incredible. Is there no limit? Anything and everything that, and everybody they don't like is a threat uh, to the nation and its system of government. It's unbelievable. Basically, she's saying that. Any sort of school choice options, which, by the way, give mostly minority parents a choice of where they send their kids to school, is racist. And she calls it pluralism. I mean, so then if that's the case, she calls private schools an exercise in pluralism. If that's the case, then I guess you probably, Miss Weingarten, favor some sort of law, federal law, that would prohibit establishment an operation of private schools. It's just incredible. She's reeling because the news isn't good from public education across most of the country, especially in terms of, of uh, student proficiency levels, and especially in states that shut down their school systems for an extended period of time. I, I can't help but recall a story we shared on the program during the COVID era out in San Francisco where the school board of the district there that governs the district there wasn't even discussing in their Zoom meetings. They weren't even discussing a plan to reopen the schools. No, 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 no. They were talking about renaming the schools because they felt some of them were named by such a You know, hideous historical figures such as George Washington. (laughs) And this is what's going on now. So there are all kinds of reports showing that these extended lockdowns contributed mightily to the poor performance of students that are advancing now and are being tested. And she, of course, was a huge proponent Of keeping the schools closed. Remember, she was demanding all sorts of crazy stuff. New HVAC systems and just a... I don't even remember. There's just a long list of demands on her part that would cost billions upon billions. And until she got her way, she wasn't going to get behind any effort to reopen the schools. And now those, as they say... Chickens have come home to roost, and and that uh, the news isn't good. And so that's uh, her claim is that that's undermining democracy, which is incredible. I suppose that she also thinks that the Obamas are racist since they sent their children to private schools. Says Dean and Tupelo. Yeah, there's some other. You're right, Dean. There are other examples of well, as well, right, of of people who have opposed school choice. in in various levels of government across the country that they've been outed um, because they send their kids to private school. They just don't want anybody else to. Trump's constitutional rights have been violated through the Sixth Amendment on the ceasefire tax line, showing an ID to vote ensures everyone's vote counts. Well, he says, Greg, in Newton, Mississippi. Well, I agree, Greg, and more importantly... It proves that they're eligible and qualified to vote. Unbelievable, Dan in Hattiesburg, you ought to be able to present an ID to vote if you got to present one to buy beer. Yeah, the, honestly, they got no leg to stand on here, and folks know it. it. It's it's just makes it harder for them to engage in any sort of vote fraud. Now, that's the bottom line, and then that's why they oppose it. It's it's they they. Now, they try to use this, this, um, this argument that, well, it's suppressing minorities. And, of course, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a minority ever voice their opposition to voter ID. Yeah, I couldn't vote because I couldn't get an ID. It, it seems like it's always liberal white elites, right, that are always delivering those kinds of messages like they're the de facto spokesperson for the entire minority uh, population in the, in the country. It's, uh, it's insidious, uh, honestly. But these voters' reactions to the situation in Colorado, I think it says it all. Um, it really does that they're, they're just so diametrically opposed opinions uh, in this situation. There are some, however, of Trump's fiercest rivals that have come to his defense, that see fit, see the insanity of this ruling. Um, and, and including among those, of course, is, are his rivals in the Republican Party running for president. So it's good to see, I think, that uh, they, they've all coalesced uh, around that idea that this action was totally wrong, and I'm I'm glad to see it. Alan Dershowitz, Harvard lawyer, I would call him as well a political pundit, certainly a constitutional expert, a legal scholar, Yesterday, he told Newsmax that this is the most anti-democratic, absurd action he's ever seen, this particular decision. He's blasting the Supreme Court, and Mr. Dershowitz is a Democrat. He'll tell you that quickly. He said the the decision was absurd. In the 60 years I've been practicing and teaching law, I've never seen a decision that's so anti-democratic, so unconstitutional. That's what he said on Newsmax. The idea that the 14th Amendment was supposed to substitute for the impeachment provision carefully drafted by the framers is wrong. Well, I haven't thought about it from that perspective. But that's essentially what's happening here, and he's right. Now, Rhino, you reminded yesterday, and I think somebody else did on the ceasefire text line, you sent me something today as well, or maybe it was yesterday, that that, um, states precluded Abraham Lincoln, Southern states, right, from appearing on the ballot. Was that 1860, I believe?
1: Well, it was a little different and back then, yeah, because the parties basically printed up their own ballots. So if they okay. didn't think their candidate had a chance in certain states, they just wouldn't even bother sending ballots to those states. <laughs> but, yes, the the South did not have hardly any ballots that included Lincoln.
3: And I and did we ever figure out what their reason for that was, their their logic?
1: Uh from what I can tell it was his stance against the expansion of slavery into western states. Oh, I see. Okay.
3: Gotcha. So of course this is was pre Civil War. Yes. When all that got resolved. So that was yeah. the election okay. of
1: eighteen sixty.
3: Sixty, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Also uh, noted a, uh, a sharing of a tweet from Vivek Ramaswamy where uh, an economist known as Hedge High, that's his handle on Twitter, expresses concerns about the U.S. debt which just eclipsed 34 trillions. He is projecting annual deficits and consistent, somewhat with what we've been saying on the program, growing 2.5 to 3 trillion per year. I'm expecting 2.2 trillion in 24. That's after a, a, a flat, a level 2 trillion in 23, which will, of course, place President Joe Biden at the top of the list of presidents measured by the amount of, of uh, deficits produced and debt accumulated during their term. It really is incredible. He says, uh, does High, We're we're approaching a tipping point. It seems on a trend and trajectory that is certainly unsustainable, it being the debt. And, it, and I don't know. There just doesn't seem to be much of an interest in reining it in or starting to uh, reduce it. And that, of course, means that we got to balance the budget, and that means we got to find two trillion dollars of spending to cut to to achieve that goal. At, at least for now, that's the figure that we have to have to deal with. Uh, now, the left's position on that, and and their approach to that is: we just need to raise taxes. It won't be there won't be any interest on their part to reduce spending. It's raising taxes. You see how hard it is to get anything done on this. And it, I think it's, um, it's a bit uh, naive on our part to think that, yeah, if we could just get the left to agree to some reasonable spending cuts, we can take care of this thing. No, they won't. Their approach is, well, if we, we can just get the right to agree to some tax increases, we can cure this thing. We're coming right back with Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers. That's where we are today in downtown Jackson.
0: Super Talk Jackson. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. The Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for.
3: once again middays is live today at carter jewelers downtown jackson we welcome back jerry lake owner of carter jewelers it has been uh brisk traffic all uh, all morning since we've been here uh, jerry lots of folks coming in and like i said i always see them walking out with the uh, bags and a couple of them i heard you stop and say hey where's your bag and they said I'm coming back. So <laughs> gotta got, got go home and make some decisions.
4: You know, well actually one of them was just going out to the car. Okay. So He'd already come back in bought <laughs> and and the other one's in here now, back. Okay. So, anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are at uh, we're at Carter Jewelers downtown Jackson. Uh, I am retiring. And I've sold my store here in Jack. I, well, I haven't sold it. It's under contract to be sold, and, the, and also my store in Vicksburg. Uh, my contract or my sale does not include the inventory. Uh, I am uh, liquidating the biggest inventory probably ever to be liquidated in the state of Mississippi, is my guess, uh, and. And there's already been, there's already been well over, easily over a million dollars in savings, uh, for for just this store. Hey, bye bye. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm gonna tell you something. Everything in the store is 50 to 90% off the lowest tag prices. Uh, this is the Jackson store and the Vicksburg store. These prices, uh, these would be, For the selection and the price and the quality, I I would be very surprised if anybody here in my voice has ever had a sale like this offered to them or they'll ever see it again in their lifetime. This is the kind of sale you should buy for yourself, for Christmas, your loved ones, birthdays, anniversaries. Uh, These prices are very near what industry liquidators Pay for fine jewelry and and i know because i represented the biggest one in the united states it's it's to my advantage and your advantage to try to to make a deal on this jewelry you know before i'm you know before i and a lot of the in, in ending inventory i will sell to these people but right now it's the prettiest the best quality jewelry the best selection and if you can hear my voice on your radio, wherever you are in Mississippi or, and you have, have a budget and a need for a nice gift for fine jewelry, you need to come to Carter Jewelers in Jackson. We're two blocks from the Capitol on High Street or the Pemberton Plaza over in Vicksburg. This is a uh, once in a lifetime kind of opportunity for, for, to buy fine jewelry and take advantage of it. So anyway, listen. I'm Jerry Lake. Uh, after 49 years, I'm retiring, and I'm excited about it. But I've got a lot of uh, I've got a lot of jewelry I got to get rid of uh, here, or liquidate, I should say. You know. And so, come see us. We've got a <clears throat> a full parking lot in front of the store, and one next door. And so uh, you got places to park. And uh, I've got a lot of great salespeople. Gem- about every other person is a gemologist, and they know what they're doing. And so, uh, come, uh, come, come, shop with us, Carter Jewelers, downtown Jackson, and uh, the, the two blocks from the Capitol on High Street, and the Pemberton Plaza over in Vicksburg. Listen, I want to thank everybody out there for all your years of support and patronage and business, and uh, I, I love all of y'all for for being our customers and. And supporting me and my family and my business, it's a uh, now and and I, it's a retirement sale. But the store is, is being sold. Is my son is going to be buying the main store, and uh, it, it's he'll he'll open with the newest, freshest inventory and the store is not closing we are we when i bought the store in 97 we were the third oldest registered jewelry business in the united states but the oldest closed in 09 and the second oldest uh, they don't answer their phone so i'm guessing we may be the oldest jewelry business in in the united states but we're not closing my son will be the fifth owner of Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. Uh, some, some folks are asking about
3: the hours, the holiday hours. Where yeah,
4: we're, uh, well, we're, we close at six or until the last customer leaves, and that could be seven, but I mean, you know, we're, our, our normal hours are like, are, are nine to six. And by the way, we're going to be open on Sunday from ten to five. Okay. Christmas Eve. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, you, you you've got, you know, on your day off, you can come over and shop. And it's, uh, anyway, right. love to have you all, and uh, and thank all of you again for all your all your business and support over the years. I, I, I love you for, for, for
3: being our customers and taking care of us. Merry Christmas. All right. There you go, Jerry Lake, Lake, owner of Carter Jewelers. Folks, we're out of time here today. We're back again with you tomorrow. Once again, live from Carter Jewelers, stay safe and God
0: bless.